up on inside the NRL. Raiders are in a sticky situation, but can Canberra's coach and players combine to get themselves off this very rocky road? Will the Eels be able to field a full team at Magic Round as we look forward to this weekend's Festival of Footy in Brisbane? Todd Payton joins us to talk about the Cowboys' Queensland Derby win and reveals how three will fit into two in 2022. And Tom Trebojevic has helped the Sea Eagles soar again, but will Turbo take out the game's highest individual honour? Yes, a massive inside the NRL coming your way today. I hope you enjoy the footy in round nine as we turn our attention to Magic Round Brisbane back bigger and better this year after missing out last year. I'm Zach Bailey, joined in studio once again by Sydney Morning Herald's Michael Chamis. How are you, Michael? Zachary, very well, thank you. And we've got our friend uh, coming to us live from the Soward Daddy Daycare Centre. Sowie, how are the girls? <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're all right, mate. It's been a lot of wiggles today. Um, unfortunately, couldn't be in studio with you guys, but uh, yeah, I've been playing daddy daycare all day. So uh, yeah, appreciate the people and the powers that be hooking me up so that we can get this done and I uh, won't let Chemis have a win. So, we're, just speaking, we're just speaking off air and Chemis said he's going to drop off his three little rascals at your place at 8am tomorrow. Yeah, mate. Peace not, with that, not with oh, that moustache. can get it done, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As we do every week, we start off the show with one of our favourite segments. What left egg on your face? And I'll start with you today, Michael, given you've joined me in studio. Yeah, I, look, I... I feared for the, uh, the Queensland derby, the, the Cowboys-Broncos rivalry over the years has been sensational. I thought the way the two teams were going that perhaps we're going to have, yeah, it'll drop off and won't be as exciting. But that game on the weekend was quite exciting. I know we'll have Todd Payton a bit later on to talk about that. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that was going to be three or four years before we saw a good game of footy between the Cowboys and Broncos. I'll take the egg. All right, what about you, Sowie? What left egg on your face? Yeah, I think the Canberra Raiders. Uh, Ricky Stewart's been renowned for getting his troops together and, you know, having been a part of Ricky's, you know, playing when he was coaching me, you know, when you're up against it, you're putting your backs against the wall, that was his forte. But on the weekend, they failed to deliver again. I tipped them, so the Raiders for me. Yep, the Raiders, things have gone from bad to worse for Ricky and his Raiders down in the nation's capital. Michael, you had an article today from a former Raider, John Bateman. He had some things to say in your Sydney Morning Herald article. Yeah, I reached out to John Bateman to see what his view on the Raiders were. He's obviously quite close to a lot of the English guys and some other guys in that team as well. And he had a very close relationship with Ricky Stewart. And, and given the talk around John, uh, well, the players and their relationship with Ricky, I wanted to get John Bateman's take on it. And he had some interesting th things to say. I wasn't surprised that he thought that George Williams should be released by the club. If, you know, that's, that's his friend. And he obviously understands from a personal circumstance that how hard it is to, to play away from home, from be away from family and friends. And I uh, wasn't surprised to hear that, you know, he thought the club should let him go. But things around the, the culture of the club and people within the club, he didn't name names, but he felt that within his time at the club, there were people internally trying to undermine the players and uh, giving out information from confidential meetings that he felt was out of line, not once, not twice, three or four times. And he said he addressed those concerns with Ricky Stewart, who denied it was him. but. There's no doubt some issues at Canberra. I know Ricky was quite strong after the game and said there's no problems here. There are problems. It's just whether or not they can turn them around quick enough to save their season. All right, let's uh, hear what the Ricky, what Ricky Stewart, the Raiders coach, had to say after their latest loss to the Knights on the weekend. There are not problems inside the camp. So as much as you want to read into it, 
Um, they're problems that everybody enjoys reading and speculating on, but we're a happy camp in regards to um, what you read. So, Michael, he, of course, wants to keep a lid on things, but are there fears that current players in this squad share the same view as John Bateman? Oh, I wrote today in the Sydney Morning Herald that there's a... Ricky's not losing the dressing room, but you have to ask the question, is he losing the confidence of certain individuals? We saw Joseph Tarpanay's partner come out last week and criticise Ricky on social media. There's talk that another player's partner has been critical on social media. No screenshots of that have emerged, but the club's aware that there might be just more than one person who's, who's critical of Ricky. Then you have Josh Hodgson stepping down as captain and George Williams wanting to go home. And now John Bateman. Like, you can't ignore what's there in front of you. Do I think Ricky is in trouble to save his job or keep his job? Not at all. I think Ricky is safe as houses. And if there are people who don't feel like he's doing a good job, you either fix the problem or they'll be gone. And Ricky's... I've spoken to Don Ferner multiple times, the Canberra CEO. There is no question at all about Ricky's job at, that, at, at the Raiders and whether he's safe or not. They are 100% behind Ricky Stewart. And that's not just a, a throwaway line year from a club. Sowie, from what you've seen in recent weeks, watching the Raiders play, are they playing like a United team at the moment? Uh, they look like they're unhappy at the moment. I, I would question, you know, sometimes teams hang on to their senior playing group. You know, that's a, a group that went to a grand final and came close to winning it. And, you know, they've tried to recapture that form and they haven't been able to do it. They thought George Williams was going to be the final piece to the puzzle and that hasn't panned out. So, you know, all these little leaks and stories and stuff comes with a team under pressure. They're, they don't look united at the moment. And when you have John Bateman, who would be well-respected within that dressing room, come out and talk to Chamis the way that he did, and I actually thought it was a, a very compelling read um, for the first time uh, in a long time with one of Chamis's. But it, it was it was damning to me, boys, that you know, John Bateman, he was the leader spiritually within that group, and, and they're missing him. And you know if, if he was happy and, and they were able to make it work... He may have been able to stay, but you know, something's gone wrong there. They've missed the, missed the window, I think, to win a premiership, and, and now the, uh, the pressure's on them. So my understanding from the conversations I've had with people at Canberra in regards to George Williams, there is no way they let him go. They want him to stay. But from what you've seen of George Williams performing on the football field, is there a, is there a, a case to mount that perhaps Canberra actually can benefit from moving in a different direction? Well, I don't know where they go, Chamis. You know, the, the Raiders are very senior player heavy. They don't have too many young guys that we know about that they've been able to blood and, and get into the system. And I think, you know, to be successful, you look at the top teams, they steadily in, increase their youngsters into their senior roster and into their senior playing group. And I don't know if the Raiders have done that. I can't remember a time where they've actually groomed a, a guy from sort of 16 to, to 20 to come in and and energise that group. We see what the Penrith Panthers are doing. You know, we've seen how Melbourne That's have fine. been able That's to enough. do it and turn Pappenhausen into it. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, Ricky's, they haven't got an answer to go to at the moment and they get a, a desperate Bulldogs team this week. It could be, you know, the worst could be yet to come for the, for the Raiders. So we know Ricky's one of the most passionate coaches and people involved in rugby league. Surely he has the right, though, as coach, to call his players out if they're not performing. 100%. And the old school me, like I've been under Ricky. I've come out of video sessions nearly crying, you know, when I was 19 and 20 and, and learning the ropes. And I think there's a, a misconception at the moment, you know, where um, some... 
All right, looks like we've lost uh, Sally. Maybe one of the girls, his daughters, has pulled the cord down there. Just an update. <laughs> uh, Josh Hodgson, there was some talk last week that he was unhappy with the Raiders. At the Raiders, they squashed those rumours. But will he be a Raider long term? Do we know yet? Oh, look, he's got one more year to run on his deal. I don't think the Raiders are going to give him an extension on that deal. He has obviously 12 months to run and there's talk around Brisbane and Canterbury being interested. The reason they express interest or begin talking about it is because they start to hear rumours of, of discontent in the playing ranks and perhaps he might be available. Whether he ends up going down that path or not is yet to be determined. But there's no doubt Josh Hodson, from, from my mind, Josh Hodson has one year to run. I don't think they'll extend him after that. So... Whether he comes to the club and says, listen, for my own future, do you mind releasing me to get a longer-term deal for, for my own security? Time will tell. Sowie, which club do you think would benefit most from the signing of Josh Hodgson? Oh, any club. I think that he's a fantastic player. He hasn't lost all the skill uh, that saw him lead that team to the grand final. I just think that the extended layoff and some of the other guys around him not playing their best foot, he's actually put a lot of pressure on Josh Hodgson. So... Uh, the Broncos could be a perfect fit. The Bulldogs could be a perfect fit. I think anyone, you know, the Gold Coast Titans, they're looking for a number nine. They almost had uh, the British player come over from Warrington in Clark. So maybe Justin Holbrook says, you know, I've coached in the English game. I've got an understanding of how you can help our team. And you might see him at the Gold Coast Titans. All right. On Saturday night, on Saturday rather, the game's governing body came down pretty hard on the NRL bunker after they missed some sin uh, minimal offences between the Eels and Roosters on Friday night. It resulted in a number of match officials being stood down. Here's what Graham Annesley had to say about that today. There was clearly a mismatch between the expectations of the NRL and the Commission and uh, some of the incidents that we saw over the course of the weekend. So we will be further reinforcing with the match officials uh, what the expect expectations are of the NRL and the Commission uh, and we hope to see a uh, much more alignment between the expectations and the actions of the officials uh, starting from next weekend. There is a, a much tougher line that is expected uh, in relation to incidents of foul play and specifically uh, contact with the head and neck. At an absolute minimum for the uh, the incidents themselves, uh, they should have been placed on report um, and sent to the sin bin. Sending off uh, as the final step is also uh, something that could have been considered and there would have been no complaints from uh, anyone in this building uh, had they taken that option in one or both of the incidents. Yes, they put it on report ultimately, which which did give the um, the option of the free interchange as a result of the incident. Uh, but the whole thing was just disjointed. Uh, it, the processes weren't followed, and uh, you know we all saw the results. Sowie, you've got a bit of a left field uh, suggestion as to how this anomaly could be fixed moving forward. Yeah, look, I just think there might be a coach's challenge because you're in the box, you're in the coach's box and they get the replay straight away and you may be able to send it down for acts of foul play. Now, the frustrating thing for fans and, and all of us that work at the NRL is you know, when you're commentating and you see an incident like that or you're watching the game, you know that there's been contact with the head, you can see the replays, you know that Drew Hutchison's been taken out by the knees. Why aren't we getting the same consistency as we get with Dave Fafita getting sent 10 in the bin. So I felt like maybe, you know, coaches have in the back of their pocket, 
by the time they see the replay, if the player has been foul played, they may be able to send a challenge down to see if they are going to get an advantage in game because that's the that's the big thing, Chamis is they don't get the teams don't get advantages in game. They have to go to the judiciary and then they get suspended so the next team next week gets it. Yes, yeah, but the, the point with all this, I guess, is the fact that Matt Checkin actually sent it upstairs and told the bunker to have a look at it. So even if the coach has challenged it, the same bunker that overlooked uh, Dylan Brown and Nia Kore's challenges there would have overlooked the same thing in the, in, that they actually would have challenged. So I, I get what you're saying. Unfortunately, with the bunker, you can take it when they, when they miss things that are 50-50. But with that situation, they were blatant infringements there that needed to be at least penalised, well, sin-binned uh, or sent off, as Graham Annesley said. All right. As I said off the top, Magic Round Brisbane is back this weekend, but maybe one team won't even have 17 players to field when they take on the Warriors on Sunday. Michael, it's a bizarre scenario at the moment that involves the Parramatta Eels. What is the latest? Yeah, so the, the NRL clubs, the Sydney clubs, were all sent an email last Thursday that if they played their players in reserve grade, they would have to wait until further notice until they were able to return to the bubble. Now, the only team that played their uh, players in reserve grade were the Parramatta Eels. And now they are in a situation here because of the suspensions to Dylan Brown and Nia Corey and a concussion to Reid Marnie, where they only may have two players to bring in. That's uh, Wunga Blake and, and Nathan Brown returning from, from injury. The other players all played reserve grade or 20s. So they, there's, there's a real problem here. They've applied to the NRL for exemption. At, at this stage, they'll only have 16 fit players. If Marnie's fit, that's 17. They need to name 21 tomorrow. So they've applied to the NRL for an exemption for four players to name in their 21. What the NRL does, we're going to find out tonight. They have a Project Apollo meeting at 6pm. It's, it's, they're backed into a corner here, Zach, because there's a duty of care. They can't let Parramatta go in underdone with less players. But they have also have other clubs who I've spoken to up in arms saying, we've done the right thing, yet you're going to give an exemption. So how do you police that going forward? Clubs are going to be like, OK, we don't have to take this seriously. We'll get an exemption anyway. So are they likely to get the exemption and then there might be a fine or something? Well, I think that they're going to have to have some sort of action against the Eels. There's talk about maybe a charter flight for the Eels getting up there so they're not mingling with the community. But I think that gives them an advantage, to be honest. They get their own plane. They get to go in their own time. They don't have to sit around an airport and wait. So perhaps it's going to work out well for the Eels. All right, that is just one match-up this weekend. All eight games, 16 teams, three days, one venue at Suncorp Stadium. The action kicks off with the West Tigers against the Knights, then Manly and the Broncos on Friday. Saturday, the Bulldogs against the Raiders, the Sharks against the Rabbitohs and the Roosters taking on the Cowboys. Then on Sunday, the action wraps up with the Warriors against the Eels, the Storm against the Dragons and the Titans against the Panthers. Sowie, which matchup of all those eight uh, are you looking forward to most? I'm looking forward to all of them, to be honest. <laughs> I love Magic Round. I think it's... Uh, I'm jealous I'm still not playing, but... The one for me is, is the Titans and Panthers. That game, yeah, could be uh, the real making of the Gold Coast Titans. I think that they've been immature this year in some of their performances, but they come up against the Panthers side that are going to be ruthless, so they're going to have to be, have to be at their best. And it could be just the crowd that gets them over the line. So uh, we saw last time the Penrith Panthers went to Brisbane, they weren't on as, as, as they have been at home. So I'm looking forward to that game Sunday night. Michael, you'll be up there this weekend. Uh, which match can't you wait to see? Well, given we've got Todd Payton on the line waiting to join us, I'm going to say Roosters-Cowboys. It should be a ripper. No, I, like, no, that one and probably um, I'd like to see what happens with the Bulldogs and, and the Raiders, uh, the fallout from that. It's going to be very interesting. If, if the Raiders can't get the job done against the Bulldogs, there's going to be uh, pretty serious ramifications from that game.
All right. Of course, we want to see as many people in the stands at Suncorp Stadium this weekend across Friday, Saturday and Sunday. You can get your tickets today at nrl.com slash tickets. You don't want to miss any of the action across Magic Round. As Michael said, we're now lucky enough to be joined by the coach of the North Queensland Cowboys, Todd Payton. Thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. No drama. Thanks for having me. Todd, you sat through your first Queensland derby on the weekend. You got the win, but really, how many minutes of that match did you actually enjoy? <laughs> um, yeah, look, I enjoyed it. It was, it was, um, you know, a good week up here. It's always there's always an air of anticipation around it uh, within the community and the club. So uh, the rivalry has been built up over the years, um, and I thought, you know, the weekend's game, although. You know, had some errors. It was quite entertaining, and um, you know, come down to the wire. So, yeah, I was pretty happy with with how it all played out in the end. Todd, how's the transition been without Michael Morgan? I felt like watching that game that that was Jake Clifford's best game for the club in a while. He looked in control. Yeah, I thought Jake played really well. Um, he got the three. Um, main foundations of his game um, right, which is, you know, you've got to defend well, you've got to kick well, and I like him to run the ball. So, um, you know, for week after week, they're the three things that I want him to, to do well, and that'll lead to a really strong game. Um, transition without Michael, I guess we've had some practice over the years, over the last couple of seasons without him. Um, you know, he's our second most influential player at our club, Michael, and to not have him as our captain and um, on the park, you know, anymore is disappointing. No doubt it's disappointing for him, it's disappointing for the club, it's disappointing for the town. But, um, you know, we've put it behind us. We've got to look forward. Uh, Michael's in and around the club a little bit from day to day and um, we want him to be still part of our group. So um, in that respect, uh, the trans transition's been OK. Todd, knowing that Jake isn't going to be with the club in 2022, what conversations have you had with him to ensure that he focuses on the job and plays out a really strong year with the Cowboys this year? Yep. When we left him out of the side, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, um, you know, I just sat him down and asked him to be professional. I, I knew he'd be really disappointed with, the, with you know, obviously not playing NRL, but, um, you know, we'd lost, what, four on the trot, um, or three on the trot before we made the change. Um, you know, his form was was solid without being great. Um, we just were at a point where we needed to make some change. And to his credit, he didn't kick stones. He turned up every day um, wanting and working hard to get back in the team. Um, he led our, our reserve grade or our second team around well in all of our post sessions, which made our prep for our first team, um, you know, what it needs to be. So from that point of view, I've been really pleased for the kid. Uh, he come in on the weekend. Um, we just wanted him to play his own game. He's got nothing to lose. He's, he's only here for another, what, 10, 12, 14, 15 games. So just go out there and attack it and play his own game and, and take the game on. And I thought he did that well and he kicked really well. Uh, he, he ran and the play towards the end of the match where he sort of made a bit of a line break. Um, he made a really smart decision to hold the ball and fight another day and we scored a couple of plays later. So showed the kid, shows the kids maturity there. Todd, so much talk in the last couple of months about your halves and who's coming, who's going. You've obviously signed Chad Townsend, Tom Dearden and then during the week you re-signed Scott Drinkwater. How does that all mm -hmm. fit into, into the puzzle going forward, mate? I imagine Scott is, is a utility going forward. Is that the best way you see the team moving forward? Oh, 
well, I've got no idea what's going to happen five, six months down the track. All I know is I want quality players within our organisation, I think all three of them are. So come pre-season, um, those three will be fighting out. Um, I know Scotty wants to be a 5'8", and he's got a rails run for the position at the moment. And the way his game's developed over the past four or five weeks, um, you know, he, he could be a, a really good 5'8 in time. So... I just have to wait and see. Um, like I said, I don't want to try and predict anything that's going to happen five months' time. I'm trying to focus on a game that's five days away. Todd, you said that you haven't been, uh, I guess, you know, put to the test by a genuine championship contender other than the Panthers. How do you go about presenting the, the challenge to the group this week coming up against the Roosters? Are you excited to see how much you guys have improved? Yeah, it's going to be a real, I, I guess, Asset test for us and see where we're really at. Um, you know, the pleasing part about these last four wins is that we've just found a, a way to win. And um, on the weekend, you know, we won on the back foot, which is a sign of a, a, a good team. You know, I understand we're not a good team yet, but we're making small steps forward. Um, you know, the players are showing a bit of resolve, um, which, you know, we've lacked at different times this year and certainly in years gone by. So, We'll know where we're really at against the Roosters. We get that they're underdone, but you know that um, they're going to be in the fight right till that final whistle. And mate, they run hard. They challenge you with the way that they carry the ball. Um, you know they know how to win and they defend super, super well. They just work really hard for each other, and um, that's why they've been where they are for you know a number of years now. Todd, can I take you back to after the first month of the season, mate? And in your heart of hearts, given what had happened and the talk around the club, where were you at with your decision to join the Cowboys, but also what you thought of the club at that point compared to why you joined the club? Yep. Uh, my heart of hearts knew that I'd made the right decision. It was not just basically about football. It was about my family at the time. Um, so I had no regrets around that. Um, I understood that it would take some time. Uh, there, it's been a seismic shift in the way that we're playing our footy with and without the ball. So we've got a whole new defensive system. Um, we've tried to peel back the structure from our, you know, attacking play and um, get them to play a little bit more reactive and um, on the front foot, a bit flat and fast once we get some ruck speed. And um, we have shown glimpses, you know, in the preseason and in the early parts of the game. And then once we found a way to win that first match, I think that just released the pressure and everyone started to believe in what we're trying to do. And I've got to give credit to our coaching staff. They were really consistent over that, you know, first four-week period. And, um, you know, we've come out the other side and things... I've always loved my job, um, but turning up every day with the group of players that we have and obviously the staff I've got around me, it's been, um, you know, it's been really enjoyable. Toddy, you were 0-4 to start the year. Now you're 4-5 and 5, uh, finals. You said on the weekend that that's the furthest thing from your mind. What is a realistic outcome now uh, after nine rounds in 2021? Yeah, I think the realistic outcome is that we find our identity. Um, we're getting closer to it, and I've said it publicly before that I just want our style of play to represent who we play for up here in North Queensland. That's the people and, and the style of people up here. They're, they're hardworking. They're unassuming. Um, they're reliable, um, you know, and they just go about their business and 
you know, they just keep turning up under duress. So, um, like I said, we've taken some steps forward in the past month, but we've still got our best footy well in front of us. Todd, Val Holmes on the weekend takes on James Tedesco. Where is he at in terms of his development as a fullback? I know you were sort of a little bit unsure whether he was a, a fullback long term. You started him on the wing. Where are you at now with, with Val Holmes as a, as a number one? Yeah, well, Val's our number one. Um, the thing I've enjoyed about coaching Val is that he wants to improve and he's coming to see either myself or, or Dean Young trying to improve his game. Um, you know, first and foremost, he's got to get his numbers right. Um, we know he can score points and we know he can set up points, but the best fullbacks in the game, they stop tries. So, um, you know, Val is getting better from week after week. I think physically he's in a better shape than he was or ever has been since coming back from the NFL. Um, he's effort on effort. Um, he's getting better and um, he's becoming more accustomed to what it takes to play fullback. And He's had some really good moments for us. Well, Toddy, we can't wait to see Val take on Teddy on the weekend. We can't wait to see uh, your Cowboys take on the Roosters. As always, thank you so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Too easy. Talk to you soon. All right. There we are. The Cowboys coach there in Todd Payton. It's now time to take a look at this week's Casualty Ward, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And unfortunately, there is bad news if you're a Broncos fan. Their one-point loss to the Cowboys has been compounded by the news that Patrick Carrigan will miss the rest of the year after scans confirmed a ruptured ACL. Bulldogs pair Corey Allen and Lachlan Lewis have been released from hospital. Scans cleared Allen of any head or neck issue, but he'll miss one to three weeks with a shoulder injury. Lewis, meanwhile, was cleared of internal organ damage. Drew Hutchison wasn't as lucky. He's recovering from a punctured lung and fractured ribs. The Roosters will be hoping to have Sam Walker and Victor Radley for Magic Round, but there's a blow for the Sharks with news Jesse Ramian will miss four to six weeks with a fractured eye socket. Debutant Matt Fengai was the only injury concern for the Dragons with a 20-year-old awaiting scans on an ankle issue. A host of players will need to pass concussion protocols to play at Suncorp Stadium this weekend. And the Raiders could be without Ryan Sutton and Joe Tarpany with Sutton picking up an elbow injury and Tarpany a suspected MCL tear from their loss against the Knights. So it's an interesting one with Pat Carrigan injured. Alex Glenn doesn't return until next week at, le at least. Who captains the Broncos at their home ground this weekend? Payne Haas. Yeah, he's been their best player all year and yeah, he's going to be a, a one-club player. They won't let him go or they can't let him go. Um, I think that he's been leading from the front. Even when they haven't yeah, looked great, uh, he's been up the front. So it's got to be Payne Haas. All right, it's now time to, uh, of course, remind everyone that the NRL Pick'em uh, is back again this week to help celebrate Magic Round Brisbane. And there's a special edition just for Magic Round. Make sure you get involved. As always, there's 100 grand up for grabs this round, but there's also an extra quarter of a million dollars up for grabs for those heading to Suncorp Stadium. Not for you, Michael, so don't worry, you can't win it. To win a share of the 250000 it's simple. Play NRL Pick'em this weekend and enter Magic Round, your Magic Round ticket barcode. Remember, there are limited tickets for the action on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Head to nrl.com slash pick'em now. Michael? Is there any, anything stopping Mrs Chamis from winning that? <laughs> I don't know. Or Master Chamis? Master Chamis. Who's Master Chamis? <laughs> Young Ollie. All right, it's now time uh, for Hit or Miss. And... 
We'll push on. Uh, Tom Trebojevic has only played four games so far this year in 2021, but he's rocketing up the Dally M leaderboard. He's up to six on the ladder. Of course, Nathan Cleary leads the way on 16. Tom is on nine points. He's got a fair bit of ground to catch up. But as I mentioned, he's only played four games so far this year. So I'll go to you first, Jamie Soward. Tom Trebojevic will win the 2021 Dalian medal. Uh, hit if they make the top five. He's so good. Um, I think that he'll he'll poll even when they don't win. Uh, whereas Nathan Cleary, James Fisher Harris, Jerome Luai, they're all going to have their moments. Coruscant, we haven't seen the best of him yet for for Penrith. RTS is going to be a threat to win it before he leaves. He's been good as well. But yeah, Tom Trebojevic, what a player. Chamis, do you agree? I know you're a big fan of Tommy. I am a big fan. I was going to agree, but I've changed my mind. I think Nathan Cleary will win it this year. Very unlucky not to win it last year. And I think he will... Make, look, the origin period is going to be the one that tests Penrith. And how he comes back and bounces back, especially if they don't win the series New South Wales, it, it'll take a huge toll on him. But Tommy, you can't deny he'll be up there. As long as he stays fit, then he'll be challenging Nathan Cleary. But I'm going to go with Nathan. Sowie, I know I put this question to you all the time and you're a big supporter of James Tedesco, but seriously, who is the best fullback in the game right now? Has Tommy passed him yet? Um, no. <laughs> if he was the best fullback in the game, then he'd be playing fullback for New South Wales and Australia. And if those sides were picked today, James Tedesco would be the number one. Um, you know, only because it's a larger body of work. You see the touches that Tommy had on the weekend. That was amazing. That was one of the most enjoyable games to watch. But... James Tedesco is still the number one, number one in the world. All right. Kyle Flanagan and Matt Burton will not be the Bulldogs' long-term halves pairing. Michael Chamis. They will not be. I'm going to say hit. Oh, that will be the halves pairing to start next year and hopefully for Kyle and for Matt it works out. But I'm hoping having Matt there will, will kick-start Kyle, but we haven't seen enough from Kyle to suggest that he's got... And we saw on the weekend he was hooked. So there are definitely question marks over Kyle Flanagan going forward. Sowie, you were just shaking your head. You disagree? Yeah, miss. This is, you know, um, Kyle's a, a young halfback who's still learning his craft and he's come from the Roosters where they had a big dominant pack and we saw what he can do off the back of that. He was one of their most consistent players in supporting the ball and getting them around the park. Now, they decided to move on from him. He's come to a Bulldogs pack that... I don't know who the leader is in the Bulldogs pack. You know, they play yesterday. I get it. Some of his decision-making, you know, probably wasn't great yesterday. And as a young halfback, you go through that. But at the moment, they don't roll the ruck speed for him. He's getting the ball standing still because there's no, uh, you know, foot speed around the ruck for him to get on the front foot. So you heard Todd Payton talk about Jake Clifford and how they've created, stripped it back and, and not tried to play so much shape and, and play within the numbers and get some speed going. That's what the Bulldogs need to do. So they will be the long-term halves. Matt Burton will come and take some pressure off him. Kyle just needs a little bit of hand from the forwards at the moment. All right. Our third statement. No team has won the comp after conceding 50 points. The Bunnies conceded 50 against the Storm on, uh, was it Thursday night? So South Sydney can defy history and win the 2021 NRL Telstra Premiership. Jamie Soward. Hit. I don't know. I mean, they've got Wayne Bennett. He coached apparently the worst side ever that Queensland ever put together and, and they won so um, the concerning thing for me is that the way that they've defended you know that's this is a side that as you know Wayne Bennett coach sides they make you earn everything and, and on the weekend the last three weeks they haven't made a side earn anything they've been able to score at will and they've won two of those games so uh, I'll say hit only because they've got Wayne.
Michael? Yeah, I'll say hit as well. They had four of their best players out. They had two of their halves out. Yeah, Cody was playing at fullback, so to, that wasn't South Sydney. To me, that doesn't... If they were full strength and they got done 50 nil, there'd be alarm bells ringing, but when they come back, I think they'll be a force. OK, Jack Whiten will not play State of Origin in 2021. I'll start with you, Michael. Yeah, I'll say hit. I think Freddie has shown over the years that he picks players based on club form and you can't deny Canberra's club form and Jack Whiten's club form for that matter has been below par to start the year and if you don't pick him in the, in the six, which I don't think they will, I think Jerome Luai has mounted a very strong case that he'll be the six. I don't know if you can pick him in the centres either given that he hasn't played there. I know he did origin before but do you pick an out-of-form player in the centres? I, I just think it's a huge gamble. You could argue he could play 14 and be a very good 14 but... By all reports, Ryan Pappenhausen has get, has that 14 jersey sewn down. So, yeah, for me, it's a it's a hit. He'll miss Origin. Sowie, do you agree? Hit for you? Yeah, hit for me. I think that it'll be Latrell Mitchell in the left centre and Tom Trebojevic in the right centre. And, yeah, Jack's best asset is running game and, and I don't think he's done that enough this year. And, yeah, plus Canberra aren't winning and it's, it's hard sometimes. And the pressure's on New South Wales to get it right this year, especially in those centres. They need guys that have played there before and, and been able to get the job done. So, unfortunately, I think he's going to miss out. All right, finally, Magic Round should have the same teams play each other each and every year for Magic Round. Sowie. Hit. I want some blockbusters. I want... I know you, you probably can't do too many rivalries, but if Magic Round is on every single year, which it's going to be, and you plan your trip, you, you'll be able to take some friends with you if that rivalry is there. So... The games need to be the same every single year. I, I think it's a no-brainer. Knowing that you could plan your trip up to go up and watch your team play your mate's team on the Friday night and then stick around and enjoy the rest of the festivities. But the chopping and changing, it's the same with rivalry round. I think we need to get some consistency in who our actual rivals are and, and Magic Round needs to be one of those. It's a no-brainer. I don't feel strongly either way. It's a miss from me. I mix it up a little bit, give them something different the fans want to see. You know, if you're a Broncos fan, you go, you get to see every team come up. But if you're a Dragons fan living in Queensland, then you want to see that team play somebody else every now and then. So, yeah, for me, miss, but you can't argue with the great man. I get, I get where he's coming from. No, I know he's put his, his frame slightly down, but that's the, the bottom of the 2010 grand final uh, heroics there. Jamie Sow, of course, won the comp back then. Uh, he, he won the comp, did he? Yeah. Of course he won the comp. Yeah, he led the <laughs> single-handedly. <laughs> oh, that's all the true believers oh, said. Jamie Soward, uh, front and centre for that. All right, it's now time for Champ or Chump. It's my week. Uh, let's kick things off with uh, Brian Toll, the man known as Bizza, out there on Friday night uh, in the sheds we saw him pre-game. Uh, smell good, play good. And I think he borrowed some of your Katy Perry uh, killer queen, Michael, as he sprayed it on his jersey. But, Perhaps that's the key to him being the meter eater for the Panthers at the moment. Well, who knows what he sprayed there? They're not touching him at the moment, so maybe it's a, it's a mask. Whatever's in there, it's keeping the players away from him. <laughs> Was that jupe? Was that jupe? I don't, I don't warehouse know. special. I, 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 my sources tell me it's Katy Perry, Killer Queen. Okay. Whatever it is, yeah, he's a champ, isn't he? Too he good. Is. Another champ, uh, the Raiders drummer, Simon. He's one of the most passionate fans we've ever seen in rugby league, and here is proof. Up the milk. Riders for life. <laughs> You're not a fan of that, Sour. You got the thumbs down. Well, two things. He's wasting the milk. 
So he could be using that for his milkshakes or well, cereals. Believe it or not, secondly. Michael Thomas, you've volunteered to do it right here on air, haven't you? Yeah, I have actually, Zach. Let's do it. <laughs> no. No way. <laughs> no, no, no. All fun and games here. We'll leave that to Simon, of course. Uh, he wants his Raiders to be back in the winning circle as soon as possible. Uh, make sure you tune in to NRL Teams tomorrow afternoon, Tuesday at 3.55pm as Neve Owens, Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrar bring you all the latest teams ahead of Magic Round, Round 10, as the teams drop live. They'll be on air, as I said, from 3.55pm. The teams are in at 4pm. Michael, put the lid on. Leave it there <laughs> because we are not going to get ourselves in trouble. As I said, we'll leave that to Simon. I'll send some over to John Bateman. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll play. Oh. I don't think he'll take it very kindly, though. <laughs> Sowie, thank you. Uh, say hello to the Thanks, girls, boys. boys. Michael, will. drop the kids off tomorrow morning. Michael, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. As I said, uh, it's a big weekend of footy at Suncorp Stadium. We can't wait for Magic Ground. Walker, hold it up, 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 h